0: Hello, and welcome to A Little Bit of Everything podcast. I'm Allie, and I'm here with my co-host, Scotty. We are engaged. This will be my third marriage and Scotty's second. We have six kids between us, ages ranging from 10 to 20. And on this podcast, we chat about A Little Bit of Everything. Our main focus is on dating, relationships, and parenting in a blended family household, We will also cover finances, our careers, mental health, movies, and other things that impact our relationship with each other and our kids. So how did we get the name of this podcast? We knew we wanted to start a podcast and we knew what we wanted our main focus to be, but we hadn't really come up with any naming ideas. We were talking about naming the podcast with our kids and my 12-year-old daughter said, why don't you just call it A Little Bit of Everything? And while we were overthinking it and trying to be clever, the simple mind of a child had our answer right there. We love the name and we loved that one of our kids came up with it. In this episode, we will be giving you a little bit of background about each of us talking about our past relationships, what worked and what didn't work, and then giving you a brief timeline of how we got to where we are in our relationship today. As a disclaimer, since we are going to be talking about exes, um, I really want to emphasize that you will only be hearing our side of the story of our previous relationships. We are going to try to be as impartial as possible and own our mistakes. However, keep in mind that our perspective that we give is our opinion of the events that took place and not necessarily fact and our exes certainly have their own stories. And, of course, the truth is likely somewhere in the middle. So just keep that in mind. Scotty, do you want to dive in and go first?
1: My parents were together for more more years than they were married, but they were married for 38 years um, until my mom's passing. They met in high school. They were um, high school sweethearts. So they were the role model of what I thought a relationship should be.
0: And did you want to emulate everything that they did?
1: I did. They, they, they never fought. The one thing I didn't see as often was um, um, uh, they weren't really cuddly cuddly, but my dad always kissed her goodbye um, and kissed her hello, but I don't remember them holding hands or showing any affection, mm-hmm. and I think that was one thing that had an effect on me, at least with my mom. She wasn't affectionate. She had... I have two brothers, and I think she might have been reserved when it came to, you know, came to um, showing emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. If anything, my dad was, as an Italian background um, father, you know, he used to kiss us on the lips and stuff. And it's just kind of funny that he was very emotional for a man, yet my mom was not. was almost reserved. Um, I don't think I started hugging her until I, you know, went away to school and came back, but. The point is, yeah, I they, they were my biggest emu- – that's who I want to emulate. I was said, when I meet the girl that's my girl, I'm going to be with her forever. So I went to San Diego for school when I was 18, and that's where I met my first significant um, girlfriend. Um, it was the first woman that I actually loved and was in love with. And, you know, I was young thinking I was going to marry this person, yet <laughs> – she she had a different background. She had come from a broken, uh, you know, her parents were divorced. So I think she had a different take on that. It's just funny how naive and young I was. But she made it. She made it clear that we weren't going to be together probably forever. <laughs> but we ended up. So I call her Stones girl because she was a big Rolling Stones fan. But um, we. We were together for two and a half years. We met in the dorms, which were co ed at San Diego State. I was on the eighth floor, and funny enough, she was on the ninth floor, exactly above us. So we used to pass notes back and forth through the windowsill, um, like a little carrying system.
0: Oh, that's cute. Like it, with the string. Yeah, with
1: notes and stuff. Um, eventually, we moved out of the dorms, and um, at one point, I became, you know, we started living together. And that last...
0: How how was that relationship? What was it like?
1: (sighs) It was... It it could be the most loving, affectionate... I literally, from one hour to the next, it could be great, then it could be the worst. We went to Disneyland, couldn't find parking. We were basically broke up going into the park. And then we came out as a couple again. Mm
0: -hmm. The happiest place on earth did did its magic. That was the only
1: time it's ever done it for me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, it worked uh it, it's different, I guess when you don't have like you know a few kids. it was just me and her, so we had time to how work. long
0: were you together
1: two and a half years mm-hmm. um what
0: happened at the end?
1: She ended up moving back to the northern california where and we just you know we still hung out we'd ca- talk on the phone, and it just the relationship part drifted away, but we were friends, so we'd hang out, she'd come down, I'd go up there. Did that off and on for a while. You know, until... when you
0: hung out together after you broke up, were you uh, physically intimate?
1: No. I mean, we'd kiss hello sometimes. Eventually I started looking again and actually started there's this thing called the reader that had it was like the first <laughs> almost like dating sites today. Um it started it all started from paper. So she had an ad and she's twenty five. She says, you know, she went looking for someone 25 and older, I'm sure it was. Mm-hmm. And I responded to her. And Were me- you
0: looking through the newspaper at that section? Or yeah, was, it was a personal. Is the reader like an entire paper dedicated to personals?
1: No, it has everything. And then they have a section. This has been a while now, right? But there's a section for dating. Okay. So, in it. But
0: it was like a, a local newspaper. Yeah. Right? Okay.
1: So the San Diego area. At least they may have had an LA version of it too. Mm hmm. This was San Diego. Um, so I, I responded to this inquiry, and we talked, and she said, hey, I don't – she was 25, I was 23. She goes, I don't um, – you know, I don't date younger people. I go, oh, okay. And then slowly we just start talking, and um, she told me about our dates, and then next thing I you know, we were hanging out at a Denny's. <laughs> and then four years later <laughs> – no, but we were together for four years, and – at one point um we got engaged for about a year, so she so she was the first person that um well, I guess she's the second the person I live with i was I loved her as a deep friendship I wasn't in love for, with her like the stone girl mm-hmm. um I think that we were very um We became really good friends and then we worked into more of of a love. So it was a growing love. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, so that was the first time I guess I saw that you could love someone, but not the same way, Mm -hmm. whatever. So we, at probably the third year we got engaged, at the time I think it was more of a symbolic thing for me because I going, oh, this girl wants to go have a house, have kids, and all that. What can I do? To go a step further, mm-hmm. to so, show
0: her that you were like not just some twenty-three-year-old kid.
1: Yeah, I wanted to be more than that, but I was still had all these young thoughts in my head of what I I wasn't ready for family, and
0: you didn't know what you wanted to be when you grew up.
1: I didn't know. No, I did. I still <laughs> don't. Do you know now? No, I want to be. Open. Me neither. She said yes,
0: and then how did that relationship end?
1: So when she was around twenty-nine. Her mother had a um, a stroke. They were her and her father were traveling. I mean, her mother and dad were traveling in Texas, mm-hmm. and she got a call that her mother had had a stroke. Oh, and it's so hard. I, she ended up going to Texas to be there with her dad. And I, so it so was like the only time I really had an in law mm-hmm. was this guy, and I think I couldn't live up. I just know I didn't. Well, and, yeah,
0: it's his baby girl.
1: Yeah, and he.
0: Did um you ask for her hand in marriage? Like, uh, no no <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know were they like traditional?
1: He was an Italian were, he was a, you know yeah. he, he was a full Italian man. he was he was an, he was successful he was hard on his daughter. He didn't like the fact that oh her, we're gonna call her theater girl because she got a degree in theater or was it drama? that didn't sit well with him. He was really hard on her. Mm. So I'm like, "Wow, I'm a I got a degree in marketing and <laughs> I don't know what I want to be and I'm working at a Blockbuster Video as an assistant manager." <laughs> How proud is he of that? Oh, here's my son-in-law. He works at Blockbuster Video."
0: Well, it's not your forever job. Uh,
1: I was more worried about dealing with him than supporting her, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, looking so- ba-
0: I'm sorry. So her mom passed away.
1: She passed away. And after that, I, I think she really focused on what she wanted. And I think she could probably see I wasn't going to be the right guy for what she needed. And I certainly wasn't going to live up to her or her dad Mm -hmm. at that time in my life. Mm -hmm. And she's a great, she's got two kids. She's been with some guy for, I forgot their name, but I'm not going to say it anyways, but she's done all right. Um, after that, I um, I met my uh, my next partner who would soon, she was going to be my wife. She was going to be the woman I married, and now we're divorced.
0: Mm-hmm. And how did you meet her?
1: Um, she was on a dating site called American Singles.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> so, Shocking. But if you do, an well, so uh, she had posted a thing, I'm this, that, and that, divorced, that, that, and that. Oh, okay. I'll um hook you know send her a note or, or I forgot how you did it. God, just probably the same thing. You match go to it.
0: AOL chat room or something. But I remember
1: sending like I used to have like a an, an email template. I probably just copied and pasted it. Oh my god! And she probably thought it was oh it was so lovely how much detail you put into. It. I'm like like it's just put your name there.
0: <laughs> All right, that's not great, but
1: okay. <laughs> no, but so we met and um, we ended up. Together for seventeen years. We actually we dated for two years, so technically we're together for nineteen years. We had three kids, so obviously that's the one thing we've learned. No matter you know, some of these relationships haven't been great, but mm-hmm. the kids are important. Oh well, yeah, and, and, and all,
0: I I'm sorry, I forgot to ask. Um, theater girl, uh, was your relationship a roller coaster like the first one?
1: No, so she was like like you'd think very like hey man just kind of easygoing mm-hmm. passionate um just into the arts that I, I that that was a kind of a it was a total change mm-hmm. and um i and that, think i
0: was that appealing to you
1: it um, was but i i i think we'll talk about some of the stuff i worked on on myself was i used to um like try to antagonize the women i loved to I think it's proof that they liked me mm-hmm. or something or loved me. Like I would challenge them, mm-hmm. make fun of them a little bit. Like, I don't know. But it's something that that I took out of this. Okay, so we're going to, you know, once <laughs> me and, and um, we're going to call her Crazy Oil Lady. And that's really her term. So it, it's endorsed by her. Crazy Oil Lady, I was with, my mom was still alive. So she uh we were four months in when my mom died. And I always thought it was um, appealing to, I think it made it, I felt almost obligated to be with her because she had met my mom and that was really important to me. Um, it also was a worst part of my life. So she was a part of that. And so it, I think we had that traumatic um, bonding that we've, you've mentioned that before.
0: Trauma bond.
1: Trauma bond. And that was an ultimate trauma bond. The woman I married knew my mom. It meant a lot to me at the time. But looking back now, I would say that's not enough. You know, you don't have to stay just together with someone because you went through a tragedy with each other or that they knew your mom or someone you loved. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's just not enough, and it wasn't. And I, again, I'm grateful that I met you, and I'm happy I can apply all those things that I learned from these other relationships to make this one successful. So, Ali, why don't you tell us about your relationship history?
0: Okay. So my parents are still married. Um, they will be married for 46 years this year. And I would say that there are some things that I would want to emulate from them, but I think a lot of things um, I, I didn't really want to bring into my relationships. Not that I substituted those things or did the opposite of them and, and had healthy relationships, but um, I, I don't feel like they were a prime example of what I wanted.
1: You had mentioned that you came from a really, they're very religious, mm-hmm. so you had a religious upbringing. How do you think that affected you then and moving forward?
0: Mm, Well, I think the way I was raised in religion was with a lot of guilt and shame. In raising my kids, um, we don't go to church on a regular basis. I mean, we haven't been in a really long time, but I do want them to have a faith-based foundation, but with a mindset of love and not shame. Yeah. So I think that's the difference for me. Um, And similar to you, I had a traumatic experience um, when I was 18 in our family, and I moved out. And at the time I was dating someone, we're going to call him Little Drummer Boy. We went to high school together, but we were not in the same friend group and didn't really know each other, but we had a friend in common. She set us up, and so right after high school, we had started dating. We were together for two years, and he was there during this traumatic time, and so I mistook that for him being my person. Um, Similar to your first major relationship, uh, it was very much a roller coaster of emotions. Um, I was advised by many people that we were too young to get married, and I didn't listen. I was like, well, I'm an adult. How can I be too young? So we, we didn't know... How to set healthy boundaries or really have a good relationship. Um, We were married for 10 years. We bought a house together. We had my son, who's going to be 20 years old tomorrow. I was a stay at home mom for the first couple years of his life and really depressed. I didn't enjoy that. And the examples I had around that were that my mom was a stay at home mom for a large portion of my life and she was really good at it. And my uh, my closest mommy friend, who was a stay at home mom, um, she really enjoyed it. And so I just felt like a complete failure, and then throw depression on top of that. It was not good. And then Little Drummer Boy had a job loss, and that put a lot of strain on our family financially. I was working at that time um, for my dad, and he joined us there, and that was just a huge ball of stress. So in the end, we did um, get divorced. It was amicable. And we had, I would say, fairly good co-parenting until he just gave up custody of um, our son. And I didn't ask for that. Um, You know, I was fine with our 50-50. I think it's important for kids to be involved with both parents if it's safe. And um, so the fact that he just like dropped him off was a little bit um, surprising instead of taking time after that relationship to really figure out what I wanted, um, what I didn't want. Um, I, I really didn't like to be alone. So I started dating right away and, uh, I found, I was like, well, the roller coaster thing isn't working. So I'm going to go for the exact opposite, which is like very stable or little to no emotion. And so I found Mr. Potato Head we met on Match. And so, I w- i mean, that was definitely an emotionally stable uh, relationship uh, as far as not having, like, volatility and arguments and things like that. Um, we were together for a year before we got married. Uh, I had said I was never going to get married again, but I think I was the one who ended up suggesting it the second time. Um, we were married for eight years, and... Um, And for a while, things were very good. We bought a house, and we had um, our two daughters. There was another job loss, and he had like this dream job, and I encouraged him to go get it. And so he took the time to apply and go get that job. And then once he got it, um, and he he warned me, I will say that um, the schedule was really awful. So he was working nights and weekends. And so we didn't really have a lot of time together. And the time that we did have, he was doing stuff around the house, or I mean, and I would, you know, I would work on projects with him. And but it wasn't dedicated quality time, which is one of my main love languages. So I feel like I had expressed that and that it really fell on deaf ears. Um, and through going to therapy, you know, marriage counseling. I would say it became very clear to me that there was not a mindset of growth on his part. And so I felt like it was just going to be status quo forever. And that wasn't gonna work for me because I was very, very lonely.
1: Can I mention something? Mm -hmm. So you were saying how you guys didn't have quality time for each other. Mm -hmm. And I just wanna stress that, that that's a good point.
0: I think the definition of quality time is different for everybody too, because I think in his mind, he was like, well, I'm here at the house when I'm off. So that's, we're spending time together. Whereas for me, I was like, well, we're not sitting next to each other or talking or going on dates or anything like that. Like, I don't mind if the kids are there, but I want to have like a conversation with you, like after they go to bed or whatever and connect. And that wasn't happening. That relationship, um, Ended up being it was the opposite in my first marriage. It was volatile and then and then amicable at the end. And this one was, you know, like sort of stable. And then once I said that I wanted a divorce, it was like a fight. So I would say it's civil at best now. But um, I don't feel like I trust um, anytime there's an offering of good gesture. Yeah, working together. So after uh, that relationship ended, I was like, I, ha- I did have a couple of others since then, but in, in 2020, um, I really wanted to figure out myself and what I wanted in a future partner and what I wanted my relationships to look like because I felt like I was just kind of stumbling along. So I started going to frequent therapy sessions. I really learned about myself, issues from childhood and the previous relationships I had been in. I worked really hard on long-term core issues, and I'm certainly not perfect. Um, You know, as you mentioned, we both agree that that's the case for us, but we both have more awareness and a better toolbox to use um, when we're triggered and... We know how to ask for and set the boundaries that we need and communicate about all of these things, which is really hard to do sometimes. Like You're you're putting yourself out there. It's vulnerable. Um, And sometimes people don't really know. They can't identify their emotions or their needs, and so they don't really know what to say to communicate that, and so it just goes unsaid.
1: Tell me what you said about the comment. You said at Mm -hmm. some point you realized that, The change isn't them, it's me.
0: Oh, yeah. When I was going to therapy, I mean, I was so hesitant to be in a committed relationship again because I felt like I had just always picked, you know, people who had these red flags or I was ignoring signs or I I didn't see signs that I should have. And so I really didn't. I was asking my therapist, like, how am I going to know if they're a good person? And she said that the change won't be in the guys that you pick. The change will be in yourself. While you might still go on a date or five dates or something with a guy with red flags, you internally will identify them and you will say, that's not for me. So it's not the guys that change. It's me who changes.
1: That's the lesson here.
0: It was really empowering. Yeah.
1: You, we changed ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm. And continue to do so.
1: And also taking accountability that the onus is on us, mm-hmm. not them.
0: Right. That's uh, that's about our relationships. And then we had kind of like a, a speed dating relationship, as you saw and heard in our Dating Wrapped, which if you haven't, check out episode one of our pod and our TikTok at ALBOE underscore pod to see our Dating Wrapped PowerPoint presentation, which was really fun to do. I dove headfirst into dating in 2021 um, and I would have several dates per week, which was exhausting. I need some downtime for myself in order to recharge as much as I love being social. I wasn't really taking the time to relax and I had kind of gotten to a point where I didn't want to date anymore. And so I was like, okay, this last person is like, that's then I'm taking a break, right? Mm -hmm. So then Scotty enters the chat. When when did
1: you start dating? During right when COVID started. Okay. But I right. so I I went mean, I hadn't been with anybody else for you know I told you five years. I mean in terms of serious, mm-hmm. I took you know at least three years off just because to, to heal myself. Mm-hmm. So when I first started dating, I wanted it. I wanted to meet someone. I was ready to meet somebody, but I wasn't gonna be able to be completely healthy with them. I don't think. I mentioned somebody on the last podcast that finally made me see that I could do it. And I thought that might have been the person, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't Mm because we were too comfortable. (laughs) But I'm just saying, but that person let me know I was ready to at least be in a committed relationship and start to think about how to blend if I ever had that, Mm -hmm. that chance. And so... I you know I dated a little bit more in twenty twenty two, which we went through that recap. So yeah, so I Allie had a prompt. I don't know if we talked about it, but she says, "Hey, don't don't hate me if I picked the longest line." I thought that was very adorable, and her voice was cute. And she had a little video of her playing in the snow with her kids. I think
0: mm-hmm. not their faces, though, to be clear.
1: No, she okay. never did with with you. You were going to be it. I, I, you know, I closed my app after I met you. I, I was done. Yeah. That you were the last, out a
0: little bit. <laughs> you were the last
1: one. I'm like, if this shit doesn't work out, I'm not fucking doing this, at least for a
0: while. Yeah. Taking a break. Same. Yeah.
1: And so, but yeah, we, um, with you, and we won't go into it too much, but I never felt like, I never felt like I was re learning. It didn't seem that hard. To get to know you, mm-hmm. it's like I wanted to. I didn't feel like I was going through a, a process of... I was um, eager to learn more about you.
0: Yeah, same. I felt like it was very easy and comfortable, but not too comfortable. No, <laughs> I, I did feel like God I was forbid. comfortable. Like I was just catching up with my best friend, you know?
1: Yeah, it was fun. And during that, the Johnny um, Depp Amber Heard trial was oh, going. was so, yeah, so it was, fun. was
0: so fun. In a future episode, we will go through the whole timeline of our relationship. But basically, we met in May, and then we were engaged in September. Um, And then somewhere in between, we had a date at a cemetery. Now, I want to skip to Fleischman is in trouble, which this is where we're going to say there's spoiler alerts. So, do you want to give us a little bit of just like a basic... Idea of what the show is about. Sure.
1: So, um, Flashman and, and Flashman is in trouble. It's Jesse Eisenberg and Claire Danes. Um, they both do an excellent job. They're both successful, really. One's a doctor, and one's a um, I think she's a talent scout of some sorts, sort. And they're both very successful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically about their relationship.
0: They were a married couple. What are their names in the show?
1: Okay, so Jesse plays Toby Fleischman, and Rachel or Claire Danes um, is play, plays Rachel Fleischman. And there's another char- uh, character we want to include. Her name's Libby. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's kind of the narrator of this and is very important in this.
0: Yeah, which in the beginning, I'm like, why is she narrating?
1: Why isn't he narrating? Because right. all we're seeing is...
0: For like the first six episodes, it was all about his his side of this.
1: Yeah, it it totally felt like it was everything a father goes through when, when they get divorced. Yes, yeah, and you start. I'll t- I'll tell you what I was feeling, mm-hmm. and then you know, let me know what you think. I was um I was starting to hit, get mad at the mother.
0: Oh, I thought she I thought she had abandoned her children. Yeah, I, it was wild. They did the show so well. He was such Toby was such a likable character. You really felt like Rachel wasn't a good wife. And then everything that he showed from his perspective and said she really wasn't a good mom either. Well, in the view we have of her in the beginning is that she's this self-made She was at a talent agency. She left and built her business from the ground up. She's like this high power person. They hang out with all of these other like rich couples and families in New York. And she kind of discounts his job as far as like the money. And she has um, one of the couple friends, one of the guys is like offering him a job, I think in the pot industry, and it's like a million dollars to start or whatever and she's like yeah you should take it and she's really emphasizing the money and he's like it's not about the money like I love what I do
1: it's weird because um that's what it feels like is that she doesn't appreciate and he's not good enough he's Mm -hmm. not contributed enough money to their success Mm -hmm. he's still making like like Two hundred thousand a year, or something yeah, ridiculous. I it
0: was three hundred thousand. Well, in New York, that's not ridiculous. So it's not even ridiculous here. California. But he's a doctor. Most people would
1: deem if you're a doctor, you've right, you're you've successful. Made it, right? I'm a, I mean, yeah, so, a lot different than assistant manager at a fucking blockbuster.
0: <laughs> Just to be clear, Scotty doesn't currently do that. Uh, <laughs> she's viewing him as like this negative thing. Is how yeah. they show it. Yeah. So then she disappears. I guess she had called. She dropped. She had a key to his place. She dropped the kids off early in the morning. Um, I think he. She was supposed to drop them off later. Or drop them off at school, and then he was going to pick up. It was his time. Do we remember? Did he? Did she say where she was going? I think she did at that point. Maybe a yoga retreat.
1: Yeah, she did. She so said. she was. She was honest with that. Right.
0: Which you think, like, okay, really, you're like dropping off your kids early. To go to a yoga retreat. Like yeah. she's like, I need to take care of myself. She kept referring to that plane reference. I have to put my oxygen oxygen oh. mask on first, right? Yeah. Um, and so he's livid that she's going off to some yoga thing when he has to work and now he's taking the kids to school and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, after she leaves for the yoga retreat, she disappears off the face of the planet. She's not answering calls for like weeks, right? Yeah. Toby's trying to contact their friends, her assistant, all of this—nothing.
1: I, I just want to. So yes, but there is a point where someone says they saw your wife sleeping in a park, and we're like, "What the fuck does that mean?" Yeah, it just seemed odd.
0: There, there are a couple friends. The three moms run into Toby at the grocery store, and they're like, oh, two two Fleischmans in one day!" And he's like, "Uh, what?" And they're like, "Yeah, we just saw Rachel sleeping." On a bench at the park or something. Something or, weird like yeah. that, yeah. But that was towards the end before we learned Rachel's perspective. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then we have Libby. Yes. Mm-hmm. You wanna talk about
1: Libby a little bit? So, yeah, Libby, okay. um, she's a friend of Toby's uh, from college. Okay. okay yeah. She also knew, um, she also knew, um, Rachel too, not the same thing, but she's.
0: Toby.
1: Yeah, but she's Toby's friend. Mm-hmm. There's another guy we won't mention him, but it's like a, the Three Musketeers, mm-hmm. right? So they all get together or whatever. College, yeah. yeah, and they have these reunion things. At some point, we're getting to learn more about Libby now. Mm-hmm. Libby is a single mom. No, I'm no. I'm sorry, she's married, but she's having um, a rough go. In her relationship with her her husband. She's losing her identity. Mm-hmm. She quit her job to be home with her her kids. And they talk a lot about her. Mm-hmm. The show's not about her, but it's interesting because she's at a point where she needs to get away from her family and she ends up spending the night with Toby and stays at his place.
0: But just as friends. It's Oh, oh yeah, they're yeah. totally
1: friends. Nothing malicious. Special. Yeah, no affairs. Um And there's a point where he goes to work or something and she's kind of roaming around in her thing and it's almost like she doesn't want to go home. Mm -hmm. And she's probably at her, it looks like she's at a breaking point or a crossroad. She sits down, she looks across the, uh, she's in a park, she looks across and who does she see sitting in a fucking disarray, weird look, but. Rachel. Libby sees Rachel, she goes to him or to her, and then we she starts to talk to her, mm-hmm. and then we start to see
0: Rachel's side
1: told by Libby. Okay, and so now this when Allie, I think when she said my mind was blown, mm-hmm. this, this is it, and this yeah. is not even the last episode. So you want to talk about that?
0: Yeah, I want to talk about one other thing too. So Toby had created this timeline in his head. Um, I think he went to Rachel's apartment and like dug through her. Oh yeah, he, yeah. He had he thought that she was cheating with one of their couple friends. Yeah, they he still had a key husband. to their their old house. Yeah, they share keys. Yeah, around. yeah. We 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 can't identify with that. Oh. <laughs> he has created this narrative in his mind that she was cheating with this guy Sam, and that's who she went to the yoga retreat with. Yes, okay? and so he just pictures them like having sex all over the apartment. her her apartment and stuff like that right so i just want to mention that too because like we're all hating rachel for cheating on toby during their marriage and yeah i mean we just really didn't like her so she's in the park we're back with libby and rachel in the park together rachel's in the park she's sitting there she's in these sweats and she's got like a bagel and libby starts talking to her and she's just like in a daze. she's almost incoherent and she's like you know, I was, I was looking for some protein or I was hungry or whatever. And so Libby's like, let's go. And she's like, let's go get some protein, is what, <laughs> is what Rachel said. And so I think Libby takes her back to Rachel's house, right? Yeah, she does. Yeah. I think she puts her in bed and tells her, you know, she needs to sleep or whatever. I think she's realizing that Rachel has lost a lot of time in her head. I think she didn't realize it was like three weeks since she had seen her kids yeah libby starts narrating from rachel's perspective from like the beginning of her and toby's relationship Mm -hmm. and she had severe postpartum depression after she had her kids no
1: but but remember that she was violated too by the doctor oh and we didn't see now we let's clarify oh yeah I think that led to she was it it
0: was it was but it was not um, a sexual assault so she was there uh giving birth to their first child Mm -hmm. um, their daughter and Toby was a doctor at that point and they were having the baby at the hospital where he worked and some co-workers came to bring balloons and flowers as she was in like active labor they labor they walked in and Toby's like no 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 not now and steps up to talk to them for a second And when he comes back, the doctor has broken her water and stripped her membranes. And she had no idea it was going to happen. It was extremely painful. He didn't warn her or anything. And so that was super traumatic for her. And it impacted her relationship with her baby like she wasn't bonding she just she wasn't really I think she was stunned and numb in in her grief she went to a support group for postpartum depression with moms and that wasn't working for her yeah and then she saw that flyer on the bulletin at Toby's work for rape victims yes And she went there and that's where she really broke down and cried and she felt like she was finally understood. And that set the tone for her for her journey as a mother. So she was staying at home Toby was working. They had another baby and eventually she ended up going back to work, right? for the agency.
1: Yeah, I think she was going kind of through what Libby was where she lost she was losing herself mm-hmm. and she didn't like what she was. Mhm. And so the only way to make her feel whole, again, was to go back to work and put her her effort into that. Right. Just like guys do. It's not like it's that's what he was doing.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. So it's not absolutely. like, I mean,
1: guys, their identity, sometimes their fucking job. Mm-hmm. So th- she, that was her. She's a successful woman, and she was self-made, and made her, and I think she realized that's what, made her feel like a whole woman yeah she took the one that one the star one, yes and then she built around that right
0: yeah and then you start to see the interaction with her and this friend husband who Toby has decided she's had an affair with and he comes to her the husband comes to Rachel's office a few times and sort of like it appears that it's like Trying to flirt or maybe just get one-on-one time with her, drinks, lunch, something like that, and she's always pushing back and says no, thank you.
1: To when he said, "Hey, we have this opportunity for Toby and he can make some good money." Yes, and she true. says yes. Toby doesn't care about the money; it's about, and she's very adamant it because mm-hmm. oh, come on, let him decide, da da da. So what seems like you're thinking she's thinking he's not good enough? It's not thing to do with that. It. It's it's about this fucking guy manipulating her. Yes. And she never would have brought it up. She right. never even thought it. To right. give her like a favor in order to manipulate a drink, mm-hmm. I think, or to go out.
0: When he brought up the job and Rachel supported Toby, they were still married. Yes. But then at some point, Rachel and Toby got divorced and then she slept with this guy. Yes. They, they did go to the yoga retreat together. Mm-hmm. He invited her. It's like this exclusive resort that's really hard to get into. She's like, heck yeah. She gets there. She wants to book like massages and exercises. And she's already like at her burnout point.
1: And just to to put this in there, he is married. Yes. So for for him, she's strictly fun. That's -hmm. all she is.
0: Right. She's going to like sign up for stuff, do yoga stuff. And he's like, I just want to fuck. Like, what are you doing? And party. (laughs) <laughs> yes, drugs. Yeah, that's he's right. Drugs. Yes. So he handed her this little tin, and she's like, "I don't want this." Well, it ends up, it ends up, the tin ends up in her bag, uh-huh. and then when she goes home, the bag is there on Toby's side. In the beginning, when he goes to her place, he sees the the bag and starts digging through her stuff and finds this tin of drugs, and he's like, "Oh my god, she's doing drugs."
1: When they're at the retreat, and she starts utilizing. This, there's some good stuff. She's starting to get some good therapy, and yeah, she's that had,
0: screaming therapy looked fun. Yes, there's yes. <laughs> she
1: screamed. She needed that. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, "Hey, let's do this. Let's have party." Oh, you're not fun. He goes, and then at some point, he's like, "I'm leaving." Right. Because, he left like the next day.
0: Because, yeah, I think she realizes that he doesn't actually care about her. In that moment, I think she cared about him as a person, and he did not. He saw her as. A play thing
1: yes and I think she also had a moment of where she realized she was alone
0: mm-hmm. and that she didn't
1: want that she wanted to be with somebody not like that right meanwhile she's getting calls on her phone and she's ignoring it thing so, you know she buries her fucking phone oh yeah and so she's missing all these calls and when she buried that phone I don't know what she was going through but then she can't find her phone so now she's at this place without a phone and some other stuff
0: yeah which is a good point so she dropped the kids off early went to the yoga retreat had this you know incident with the husband the married husband and then had her own breakthrough and then buried her phone that's in like the course of like 24 hours yeah so Toby's trying to call her but she doesn't even have her phone. So it's not like she's actively ignoring him. I mean, I guess that's a form of active ignoring. But she was just trying to get rid of it. She felt so tied down by it.
1: She was just every, all her responsibilities. Mm-hmm. not And not job too. She, right. she neglected everything. That
0: mm-hmm. she was fucked up. So then she ends up coming back home. Mm-hmm. And you see this, I don't know, what would you call that? sequence where she was ordering the Chinese food over and over and over again
1: she they were playing it seemed like it happened over a week or two weeks who knows how long those were going but she goes hey when I feel like shit I eat this food and there's a cycle I think it was a little bit of of um, insanity she She was
0: she but she was repeating something that someone else said because she didn't like the Chinese food. And every time she ordered it, she would take a bite and go, I don't like this, and then put it in the fridge. She had like a ton of them in there.
1: Yes. So they show the refrigerator, the proof that what we saw was happening over and over. So when um, Libby opens the thing and sees all these Chinese leftover food, we know that that really happened, that sequence. Mm -hmm. So to me, that was a minute. She had broken down. She was in... I don't want to say insane, but she was fucking beyond mental. mental breakdown. Yes, for sure. Because she was repeating the same cycle and not learning from it. It was like it didn't happen. She was, oh, what do I do when I feel, oh, someone said, if you eat this food, you'll feel better. Does it? I hate this food. Then <laughs> yes. the next day, I heard it. And it's like she's forgetting, like nothing's sticking in her head.
0: And then she goes to the park. She's sleeping in the grass. She's laying down in the grass. The three moms come. And they see her, and they're like, this is bizarre. But then they just walk away. So is that, that what she would do as a real friend?
1: Well, no, not as a real friend. That's And that's funny because Libby's not really her friend. She's friends with her best, her husband. Her husband's one of her best friends. Toby, she, right. Toby. But he, she, she does stop. And she shouldn't have been the one that stopped. It should have been these three friends.
0: Mm-hmm. You can tell they're judging her, right? Yeah, and
1: you're taking a me day, aren't you? That's good. You go. Yeah.
0: She's fucking I wish nuts. I had time for that. Also, yeah, she was insane. the only one of those three women who actually worked outside of the house. Remember, she oh, yeah, had yeah. to keep quiet because they were they were all like, oh my gosh, I'm just so busy. And she's like trying to keep up with them and doing yoga in the middle of the day with them while also having her own business.
1: That's a good example of not good friends. Right. And we saw it when they walked right by her.
0: Libby is with Rachel, has her go to sleep. And then she goes over to Toby's house.
1: So this is the lapse episode. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting the the playback of going. Oh, good. We're gonna. He's gonna know what happened.
0: Right. So what happens?
1: So she comes back, and she, I, we assume that she tells her all the shit we just heard. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't. And she, it's
0: like the middle of the night, or it's late, or something. Right.
1: And yeah. And yeah. you're thinking, oh my god, how he's gonna probably understand finally, and maybe maybe there's hope for their relationship. And at a
0: minimum, like, oh, my God, thank God she's safe. What do I need to do to help her?
1: Get her back on her feet. Yeah. And he shows – he's just apathetic. He he has no – there's no – this woman that he loved, had children with, he has no empathy for her. He's just like, well, she chose to leave out of –
0: She keeps saying – Libby keeps saying a phrase, mental breakdown or nervous breakdown or something, and he's like, yeah, I got it. You could stop saying it.
1: Yeah, and you just want him to – you want – because we both, as viewers, know know what happened, the severity of it, and we want him to say, "Oh my God, let's take care of her and get her back on her feet." Mm-hmm. And what happens is, what um, we were talking about, pers- being having perspectives mm-hmm. on life. Sometimes people see their own narrative, and they can't see beyond that. They've chosen that to be the,
0: their truth. The, the
1: truth, and I mean, I can t- we can talk about this and how I know it's affect my life where someone's just so adamant that what they've seen and what's happened or what you've done is what happened. Mm -hmm. And in reality, it may not be the truth. It's so hard to get two sides of a story and be impartial. And even Libby, she's a fucking friend of Toby's, yet she did it.
0: And I I think Toby feels betrayed by Libby for coming to Rachel's defense. If you go back to thinking about it from Toby's perspective, he's three weeks now without his ex-wife and he had job stuff happen, kid stuff. Um, I mean, all kinds of things happen. And then the person who he thinks is one of his best friends shows up late one night and is like, oh, your wife had a nervous breakdown and he's just supposed to Be like, okay, cool. Like, he's still really hurt.
1: Yeah, but he, I mean, she's very sincere in the delivery. She's like, you know, hey, she's fucked up, man. She's fucked up. She
0: was, the look of shock on her face when he was like, great. Yeah, nervous breakdown, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Like, she was really surprised. They took six episodes to really get you to love Toby and hate Rachel. Yeah. And then in just two episodes you have so much empathy for Rachel and in the end when Toby doesn't really acknowledge or empathize or like accept the fact that she truly had a mental breakdown you really dislike him at the end. So you you have two episodes out of an 8 episode show where Everything has completely switched. Yeah, all of your feelings, who you think the protagonist and antagonist are, it was so well done. Amazing.
1: If you played the breakdown first and then the other side, could you? you I think you could not Such a ignore. Good point. I still think you'd be on um, Rachel's side.
0: Oh, I think if you played Rachel's side of things first, Toby would not be a likable character throughout the entire series if you showed Rachel's perspective yeah.
1: first. Yeah. You'd say, "What a dick!" Right? <laughs> <laughs> but
0: exactly. it's but
1: it is a great lesson. It's a great show, and it was a great lesson in perspectives. Mm-hmm. And um,
0: highly recommend that you watch, especially it. especially if you haven't already. If you're in a relationship, <laughs> you don't and need have to now. Yeah,
1: you don't have to have, just yeah. Anybody that fuck anybody can watch this.
0: I mean, I think it's good to think about that as far as like even um, non romantic relationships, like with your kids, your friendships parents, anything, co-workers, you know, all of that. There's always two sides to a story and then maybe something in the middle, which maybe was Libby's perspective, right? Yeah. Um, so at the end of each episode, we go over our currently list. It's a list of things that document a little bit of everything of what's happening in our lives right now. And I will post this on Instagram. Um, and I'd love to hear your own currently list in the comments. I'm also going to um, post a... Uh, template in our stories so you can use it for your own um, account and be sure to tag us. So Scotty, what are you thinking right now?
1: Okay. Well, I, I was thinking about um, Tamar Hamlin and I guess now knowing what happened, I'm, I was, it really hit me when we saw that and I'm, I'm so happy he's doing better and same with Jeremy Renner. Those are the two things I was thinking about.
0: Okay. Uh, what are you wearing
1: <laughs> sweats actually right now i am wearing a um a jersey and a niner jersey
0: um what are you dreaming about
1: um i i've been wanting to travel somewhere with you um i'd love we talked about that fantasy of the eiffel tower day trip
0: like just dropping everything and yeah just jumping getting the on fuck the plane. out of here yes that would be lovely what are you wanting
1: niner super bowl And I'll save the dates. It'd be fun to get those out.
0: Mm -hmm. What are you listening to?
1: Remake of a song, which I think we were talking about remakes. It's called Dancing in the Dark. um, It's the song by um, Bruce Springsteen, but it's done by Nicole Atkins, and it's really pretty. So check that out.
0: Okay. And what are you watching?
1: I just saw Avatar, Way of the Water, and it was cute. Okay, okay, Allie. Um, let's go to you. What are you thinking
0: about my son's upcoming birthday, and he's also taking his first solo trip in a couple of weeks. So I'm a little bit, um, ex- I'm excited for him, but a little bit anxious.
1: And that's first time on an airplane by himself.
0: Anywhere? Any uh, oh, by oh, himself, oh, oh! Unless sh- it's like hanging out with friends for a day.
1: Oh, I did. Okay, wow. Okay. He, I
0: think when he was ten, he went camping once, but that was with. A, another family. So there mm-hmm. were adults there. Now he's the adult. Yeah.
1: Oh, <laughs> it's a big step. The fact that he he's wants to do it, that's, that's yes. awesome. And
0: he's saved for it. He's, saved, he's paying for the whole thing all by himself. Yeah. That's awesome. And I'm really proud of him.
1: Excellent. What are you wearing?
0: <laughs> Pajamas. All day, every day. It is, well, it's not rainy outside right now, but it, it has rained nonstop. And I just want to be in jammies in front of the fire.
1: Great. Dreaming. What are you dreaming?
0: About? Of you living to be old enough to have our 50th wedding anniversary. So. Over 100.
1: Oh, no, I thought it was going to only be <laughs> 80, right? No. I know. I'm, no, I'm joking. That kind of dates me a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs>
0: you, you responded to an ad in the papers. Oh. So I think you dated yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> A personal Zad.
1: Can I go back to wanting? I want us not to talk about it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> now, what are you wanting?
0: Um, I am wanting our house to be back to normal. We finally took down Christmas, but we still have couches in our kitchen from this construction. And I'm just over it.
1: Okay. And listening to?
0: A podcast called Petty Crimes. It's hilarious. Check it out.
1: Okay. And then what are you watching?
0: We had been watching Rules of Engagement, which I really loved. We just finished it, and I'm sad. So if you have a replacement, just like an easy, fun show, um, leave a comment. We, we'll check it out. All right, so that is it for today. If you liked this episode and want to hear more, hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcast or Spotify, and your device will notify you when your next episode is released. And Scotty, would you like to say goodbye before I say Sarah sign off?
1: Thanks for listening and uh, goodbye.
0: Like and subscribe, comments, notifications. Love you. Love your show.